Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. Welcome to episode four of the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, James Bell. And this first season of the podcast is all about Bentonville's outdoor recreation industry. Today, we have in the guest seat, Danny Collins from 37 North Expeditions. Danny, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So, Danny, let's start off by, uh, how about you tell us about your love for the outdoors and really, where did that come from? Yeah, uh, I mean, that's a little bit of a loaded question. I'm sure we'll get into more of that, but uh, to start, I mean, I, I grew up here in the Ozarks. I, I grew up in a little tiny town just uh, just north of the border in Missouri, in southwest Missouri, and um, had a very adventurous family that I, I had the pleasure of, of, and honestly, the opportunity to get to see a lot of these amazing places we have. There wasn't many summer weekends I wasn't on a river, not many fall that I wasn't on a hiking trail. So that's probably where it mostly comes from. Is it's, uh, it's, It goes back a long time. Awesome. I don't think I've told you this before, but my uh, dad grew up in north central Arkansas, just a few miles from the Buffalo River. So I spent a lot of my childhood on the uh, Buffalo River. There's worse places to be around as a child, isn't there? Yeah, that's pretty Abs- awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell us about 37 North Expeditions. Yeah. Um, so 37 North uh, was founded in 2000, gosh, 18. It's crazy to say, almost four years ago now. Um, we are, I guess if we had to check a box, we would be a full service guiding company. But what we like to really say is we we curate exceptional outdoor experiences, right? So um, you know, I'm sure we'll can talk a little bit more about how it all got started in a second, but really our very simple goal and aspirations is to get as many people outside as, as humanly possible and to make it really simple and convenient to do so. Um, and, and really kind of a byproduct that is help more people fall in love with our, our beautiful natural landscapes and therefore want to protect it. Wonderful. So how did you get involved in guiding? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I mean, I grew up, like I said, I grew up around here and really, to be honest, probably took advantage or took for granted how, how amazing these places are that we have around here. I graduated, I played soccer, got my master's in architecture, my MBA from Drury University in Springfield, Missouri. And then like a lot of people that age, just get me to a big city and let me follow that. What I think is a dream and a passion of, of working for a real big, large company. But so I, I worked for corporate architecture in Manhattan for about four years after that. Um, and funny enough, that's, that's really where my, um, my career in the outdoor recreation guiding experience started is I started to, um, started on the weekends, just kind of a hobby, found a company to start guiding for and, um, did a lot of day trips upstate New York, did some weekend stuff to the whites and Adirondacks. And then, um, as I got more and more into it. I got the chance to do some Kilimanjaro summits as a guide, um, some Machu Picchu treks and some, some of those bigger, you know, kind of high summit type of, uh, explorations. And, um, I did that for about three years on the side. And then finally one day woke up and realized, wow, I'm tired of just, just being a side hobby and, and, and really wanted to find a way to make it a career. And, um, without getting into the exact details of how that all came to be, I, I actually uh, landed a job. I, I worked for National Geographic. Um, I moved down to South America, just outside of Quito, Ecuador, and was the expedition manager at one of their um, unique lodges of the world for some time. And so that was kind of, uh, it, it happened fast. It, it was amazing. And, and it really just, it was really, honestly, one day I just woke up and like, I love this. Why am I, why am I doing this just as a side gig instead of an actual career path? And um, found a way to 
make it my my job. Yeah. That's amazing. Do what you love. I love it. Speaking of which, uh, I think you found love in Ecuador or outside Ecuador as well, didn't you? Yeah, my wife is Ecuadorian. You know, we actually, we actually, it's wild enough. We actually met here in the States. Um, I don't know how she made her way to the Ozarks. That's uh, not a lot of them are here. That's for sure. But um, yeah, yeah, my wife is Ecuadorian. And so we still have a, a very strong connection to Ecuador even to this day. Wonderful. So how did you make it back here to Arkansas? Yeah, that's a little bit more of a, probably not the the highlight of the, of the story, but in 2017, I, I guess I, yeah, my dad was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer and he was young. He was only 55 years old. And so I was living down there. Like I said, really, honestly, I don't think we would have ever left. You know, my wife was close with her to, for her family. I was working really passionately, you know, uh, a dream job for National Geographic there. Loved everything about that, that um, experience and, but just felt the need to come back to be um, with my dad. And then probably more importantly, even with my mom for that process, um, given the diagnosis and stuff. And so moved back in kind of the middle of 2017. And, you know, it's, it's weird to say, but I think when I moved back, especially giving that kind of like, I think the best way to put it, a little bit of a de- depressing situation to come back to, um, nature really, really did become kind of our getaway. Like we just kind of started to find, I mean, we were every chance we got, we would go out and try to find a new hiking trail and find a new exploration area. And that's really what was just like, wow, this, this is a lot better than I, than I remember it. I think as my high school and college years that I kind of took it for granted. And, you know, really that was the inspiration for 37 North starting was this idea that there's so many of us that in this, this grew up in this community that haven't been to these places you just mentioned earlier, you know, like that haven't seen a place like Ponk, Arkansas and haven't seen these beautiful places that we, we have right in our own back door. So that was the inception of the idea was how do we get more people to love our own backyard, um, more residents to want to more community members to want to get out a little bit further than your parks and your greenways. And, and then also how can we play a role in trying to get more people that are kind of a regional tourism or even national tourism to understand that this, this is a place not to miss for ecotourism. I mean, really there's nothing like us between the, you know, the Appalachians and, and the Rockies. Right. And so, that was the early, early inceptions of, of that bred the idea for, for our organization really stemmed from just our own desire to, to go, get deeper into the Ozarks. Fantastic. So you mentioned earlier that your business helps people get into the outdoors and uh, get to know this place, but who are your customers? Yeah, Um you know, I think that's that's something that's still somewhat evolving always. We're still a young company, right? I mean, so we're 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 evolving but also adding to our my, what you might say like our portfolio, I guess you could say. But I would say that there's two relatively stronger stereotypes and it's kind of at the ends of both spectrums, right? So we play um, you know, the very truly one of the very first things we ever wrote down um to conceive of an idea was outdoors for all. And to that, us, that means a big part of that is, is beginner activities. We saw a need for, um, again, this is four years ago almost, um, this world of outdoor recreation was very different four years ago. I mean, it's crazy how much things have changed right now. We hear guiding service and, you know, biking services and all these kind of things. And it just seems very common to us, but there was nothing like us four years ago. I mean, we really were that tip of the spear. And so what I'm getting at is that 
we saw a need for that, like a true need to help people get deeper into the outdoors. So beginner-friendly experiences is a really, really strong part of, of what we care about and something we're trying to build every experience for. We also um, really do focus on, I'll put it this way, those that have not been classified as kind of a one of our historic outdoors men. And by that, I'll just bluntly say it. I mean, the Ozarks Outdoors was made for white men that want to hunt and fish, right? I mean, that is what we are founded upon. And I'm not critiquing that at all as much as just saying we saw a need to help other demographics that don't hit that feel comfortable and confident in the outdoors. So, um, you know, even to this day, over 80% of our clients are female. Over 80% of our guides are female as well, which is incredible to us. So that's kind of on that early, you know, the the kind of like introduction into the outdoors spectrum. Um, Find your passion, everything's solved for you. But then there's, there's really that other end of the spectrum is that when I say we curate outdoor, exceptional outdoor experiences, that is focusing on like those crazy logistics you might not be able to pull off or maybe more importantly, don't want to try to pull off on your own, right? So yeah, we all can go on a gravel ride, but what would you have to do to get it to end at a put-in to a kayak? And then we, our boats go three or four miles down the river and then you just get straight into our car and we go to stop at a brewery on the way back home. I mean, the logistics for that to you to pull off on your own um, are in some ways, but about unmanageable, right? And so that's where we curate these exceptional experiences. We have some where we'll end with, you know, live music and, um, you know, absolute private chef type of catering to we'll have astronomy viewing that's at the end of the hike. And so really that's the other end of the spectrum. It's not as much of a need-based guiding service. We really don't claim ourselves to be as much focused on need-based as much as just, again, making it simple so you do it more, right? Yeah, I love that. So outdoors for all and really making it an experience. And I'm hearing in here making the outdoors accessible to people, accessible to people who have never really spent time outdoors or to everybody that's not a white man growing up hunting and fishing in the Ozarks, which I think is absolutely uh, amazing and is also one of those uh, sort of core values of of Bentonville. So I really love that that's a big part uh, of your business. Um, I think one of the experiences you didn't mention and I've wondered about and haven't uh, tried out yet is hiking with goats. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> Man, everything with goats is popular, isn't it? <laughs> um, that is honestly, I think to, to talk a little bit more broader about that segment of our company is that we, again, are just trying to create those incredibly unique things. To us, that's in a way, maybe the hook, right? Is that if we get you outdoors and you see how beautiful this place is, and I know it sounds like a really odd trickle-down effect, but Maybe you want to throw that that wrapper out your out, out your car window the next time that you think about it, right? So if we can get more people to fall, that's my con, that's my dedication to conservation. Is the more people I can get to fall in love with these places, and so by that I mean these really fun, unique experiences. That could be the hook. That okay, maybe a hike's not for me, maybe a paddle's not for me. But if I can go do something with a unique experience like goat hiking, or a unique experience like a horseback to a winery, or a you know, these kind of really unique pairings and fun social activities. Well, that's, that's a potential hook. But, uh, you know, another aspect to that specific goat hike, we, we literally have goats that are with us on the hike that are carrying some of his stuff if you want. It's just a very fun, unique experience. But another aspect to that one, too, is that we actually partner with a, we don't own our own goats. We partner with a nonprofit that, uh, that was founded for PTSD 
um, groups. And so to kind of really go out with these different victims that either can't carry their own stuff or have some sort of, uh, you know, disability or, or, or challenge that, that this group is assisting them and creating a community for them. And we take that and then all the proceeds go to that, that nonprofit group for those trips. Right. So that's kind of that community focused way too. So it's, it's a hook, it's a unique experience, but it's also finding ways we do, we partner with an incredible amount of nonprofits or outside groups outside of just our organization to, um, you know, to create these very unique aspects and different ways to get outdoors. Well, that's pretty neat. I'm thinking about, uh, as you said that, uh, growing up, I told you I spent a lot of time in the outdoors, but, but sometimes, and I hope my dad never hears this podcast now that I'm going to say this, uh, sometimes that meant we would uh, drive up from uh, Little Rock to, uh, there's a place off uh, Highway 65 at the river, the really tall bridge, I forget what that area is called, and we would camp there. Mm-hmm in July or August for three weeks. <laughs> and as a child, that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I'm thinking about all these different experiences and and how these, uh, how you could really create an experience that exposes people to the outdoors and gets them thinking about it differently. And again, how to make it accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and in some ways it makes it, I guess, more accessible to even folks who have grown up outdoors because it gives them a different view of how to uh, to experience the outdoors. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, our goal is so, I guess, the, really a way to put it is that I, I just felt a passion for what I call micro-adventures. And we're not trying to replace your once-a-year trip to Colorado. We're not trying to place your once-a-year to the beach or to these these bigger adventures that you fill your calendar with early on in your in your your year planning, right? But what we're trying to say is that those in-between don't just fill them with greenway runs or greenway bike rides or 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 your daily running routines or those kind of things. Like have these micro adventures that you're doing every once in a while and and getting seeing new places in our own backyard and that kind of stuff. So that's really the focus is that you don't need to just be waiting for your next big adventure. Let's have some of these other smaller adventures that are Super simple, super easy, super, uh, you know, attainable in a lot of ways. Yeah. Sure. You know, you mentioned earlier that uh, 37 North was born out of noticing a, a need here in the community for a service that didn't exist. So I'm going to speak to the entrepreneurs out here or the folks uh, who even have existing businesses, uh, especially, you know, in, out west in the Rockies and the Appalachians out east. Um and ask you this question, what's missing? What what other services have you noticed or, or products and the such have you noticed that are missing here in the area that we should be attracting? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I it's Northwest Arkansas is just growing at such an incredibly rapid rate. And there's so many exciting aspects to that. Um, I think that there is just, it, it's a really vibrant combination of these people that are moving in from really everywhere with a community that is putting everything into the outdoor connection, right? And so I think that that has an incredible amount of plethora of opportunities to um, those those interesting connections, right? Um, I do think that to me, what I want, I think if I would say, I don't know if this is much as like giving an idea to an individual as, as a hope for our community as we continue to press forward into this outdoor rec is that we're not only known as like one of the greatest places to come out, come recreate in the outdoors, but we're one of the most accessible and we're one of the most diverse and, and, and equal. 
And I think there's lots of ways that we, I mean, where else do you get to kind of almost create this from, from a whiteboard, right? I mean, that's what's happening here. And it doesn't happen like that in other places. It's really a much slower progression. Um, and so I hope we as an organization, or sorry, as a community, really, really 10 years from now, we're known as, I mean, that is the place to come for equality in the outdoors and thinking about unbelievable amounts of not just demographics that have been left out, but demographic from, from, you know, race and gender and those kind of terms that are, that are front and center right now and should be, um, but also from, you know, physical disabilities and mental disabilities. And we're using the outdoors to combat these societal issues. We're using these outdoors to be more equality for, for, you know, disabilities and that kind of stuff too. So that's just something that's on, on my mind, especially as our organization and just personally and, and with hopes for, um, for our community. That's great. Yeah. I think that's exactly what we're building toward. Um, you know, it's really neat to be here in the middle of the country in an area that I don't think most people have thought about, right. They think about the Rockies, they think about the Appalachians, uh, but most people haven't until I'll say pretty recently yeah. known that uh, people have heard about the Ozarks, maybe not in the best context even, uh, but they didn't know that we really existed and certainly didn't know Northwest Arkansas existed. And now the word's starting to get out. Uh, and you're right, people are moving here from absolutely everywhere. I think just from the short uh, uh, trip from the office uh, to to the studio here, I must have seen 10 different States represented by yeah, license plates. Spring and, break, yeah, yeah, it's happening. I, I, it's, I'm amazed by it every single time. Um, you know, we're building a place with this diversity of people in every possible meaning of the word, uh, but also in a place that's just about as diverse as possible for outdoor experiences. Unless you're doing something on snow or going to the ocean, it's here and. I don't know that there's anywhere hey, were you else here in the this, country. Were you here this winter? We got a lot of snow. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. We did get some <laughs> snow this winter. Uh, thank goodness that we packed it all in from January until apparently a couple of days from now. And then maybe uh, winter three will be out of the way and we'll dive into uh, <laughs> to spring. Uh, yeah, folks, we do get 9.2 inches of snow a year in uh, Bentonville. <laughs> so just enough to uh, make you believe that you've uh, reached winter. And the outdoors are still accessible almost 12 months out of the year, yeah. unless you like it cold. That's okay, too. So um, if you, uh, if I wanted to start a business or had a business elsewhere, and I learned about this place here in Northwest Arkansas and Bentonville and the Ozark Mountains, uh, how should I be thinking about this place? Uh, you know, maybe my, my business operations are elsewhere and I'm looking to grow. How should I be thinking about Bentonville? You know, I'll speak directly to the outdoor wreck in my mind is, is um, I guess, two components. And this will, frankly, just talk about 37 North Expeditions is that our seasons to a lot of people might be like a distracting feature. You know, you've got a lot of guide services are very seasonal, right? They are solely focused on water sports. So they're only kind of during the summer months or they're solely focused on skiing. So they're really only got a few months in the winter and stuff. We do it all, and I don't. Uh, there's not really anybody else that does, and and at least extremely present. They've been around for like for the amount of time that we have, and um, it's our greatest advantage, right? So we use it as an advantage. What some people might look as a dis disadvantage is this these seasons. You know, 
unbelievably rich falls to incredible water opportunities in the summer to winters, like you said, that you um, could do some, you know, some, some winter type activities. You get incredible amounts of uh, eagles that, that come in and winterize here. You have an incredible amount of, uh, um, you know, just hiking opportunities in the winter is the best time to hike. Um, biking continued. So I guess what I'm getting at is, is seasons are not to be forgot about. They, they, they could be an advantage and they are to us. Um, and then again, like I said, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but to me, this connection of you, you get the largest employer in the world. I guess I probably should have somebody really understand. If, I, I probably don't 100% know that, but I'm pretty sure that I've heard that before. It is. Largest. Okay. Thank you. Um, connected in a community, again, is hyper-focused on the outdoors. So there's just a lot of focus in that. For us, we, you know, we do a lot of these weekend kind of outings and stuff, but a lot of people might know, know we, I mean, we're going to serve probably around 700 to 800 kids in, in, in summer programming this summer. Um, so we have an incredibly strong um, youth programming efforts. A lot of that is our own internal camps, but to be honest, way more of that is we we partner with public school systems, private school systems, um, boys and girls clubs, groups, and all those kind of things. And then second, kind of what I just mentioned there is our, our corporate uh, our corporate outing arm of our of our company is is very strong too. And you know everything from leadership um, in the outdoors to, to just simple days out of the office to there, we got a couple organizations who are actually creating true wellness programs for them, right. With the focus on the outdoors. So, so that to me, I I mean, it's a little bit roundabout way to answer your question, but, um, you can't really detach yourself from the seasons in the outdoor recreation. And you also can't detach yourself from what's going on with the rest of the community here. That really is, it might be fair to say, unlike anywhere else in the, in the, in the country or maybe even the world with that, that combination of things going on at the same time. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you know, I, I have to admit, I got some, uh, uh, chills up my spine and the hair on the back of my neck really did st- uh, stand up when you started talking about e- Eagles and the four seasons and so on. But then uh, I love how you brought it around to talk about fortune one is here and, in towns right next door, there's two other Fortune 500 companies. There's vendors of these companies that are are, are here, and then yet you have this feel of this. Um, uh, I'll describe it as somebody did the other day. They said, "Look around. We're a ski town, except there's no snow. There's bike racks on everybody's cars, yeah. right? And then with water sports and everything else is happening around here. It's there isn't." Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the exciting thing for us is that we have since the beginning, biking has been a part of what we've done, but it's, it's a part and we, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, we have an unbelievable amount of paddling and stand up paddle boarding and, you know, different types of kayaking excursions. And, and I mean, really just year round, we have something going on all the time. And then, like I said, too, is just, we are very excited about the next progress, next few years of this company, um, Digging past just that thing to do for fun. And a lot of people know us for that. Like if you know of 37 North, you've been on excursion. Mm-hmm. It's usually like, hey, that's what I could do on a Saturday or Sunday. And I'm getting, but we are, we're really with our youth and our corporate, you know, f- uh, there's a lot of issues with, with youth programming right now. You know, technology is taking over youth lives. There's certain groups that have filled those roles that are just not doing as good as they have 20, 30 years ago, Right. Um, and then on the corporate side too, I mean, if I hear one more person tell me a step counter is a wellness program, um, 
that's not how we as a community want to would define our corporate wellness, right? So let's connect that to the outdoors. So for us, we are just super excited about taking it. It's, it's way more than just a day outside. We're going to try to help. How do we take the outdoors and solve mental health crisis? How do we solve physical health crisis? How do we solve issues with that COVID has brought to us that everybody's working remotely now and we're, we're losing bonding within teams and organizations, right? And how do we use the outdoors to solve um, issues of, of collaboration, the leadership development, those kind of things. And that's, that's, that's where we are right now present and super excited about all we do in the corporate world and then also in the youth programming world. Yeah, I love that you brought, off, uh, brought up health and wellness too. And, you know, with everything that's happening here, that is yet another area where Bentonville is placing a stake. And I'll say that, you know, people someday a few decades from now, perhaps when the evidence is available, may talk about Bentonville in the same way uh, with respect to healthcare wellness as they do with retail today uh, because of our Fortune One. Um, and then you, we have this ability really to tie health healthcare or health and wellness into the outdoors, and it's going to very much be a big part of that. So stand by out there. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll have a season of uh, health and wellness uh, coming as well. Yeah. Um, let's go back to entrepreneurs for a second. If if I were an aspiring recpreneur, if you will, what is the one thing you would tell me that I must do to be successful? Or what's the best piece of advice you could give me? You know, there's that's hard. I mean, I think the best way for uh, probably the most important to me is with how fast, especially this region is going is that I, I think I found a lot of my success and, and my aspirations evolving based on just talking and networking with people. And I don't mean that just, in, I mean, partnerships are our greatest collaboration. I mean, there's so much there's so much happening here and so many new people moving or, or recreating in this region anymore that from my mind, it's, it's, it's creating those really cool collaborations. And that's where you're going to find a way to, to, to be a part of this community and kind of find your niche. Um, I think that that's, that's incredibly important. And then I also think that to me, something that's just front and mind of center of, of where Matt is, I, I read a quote, pretty recently that if you're not a technology company in five years, you're not going to be a company in five years. And that I think is, is constantly evolving and trying to understand how to embrace technology, even in the world of the outdoors um, versus kind of uh, just keep pushing it back. It's here. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's, that's another very interesting thing for any aspiring entrepreneurs, but you know, down from the nitty gritty aspect of anybody wanting to start a company uh, to me, if I would give any advice, it's, it's hard and you will be, I mean, you will just be knocked down so many times, no matter what industry you're in. Um, there's undoubtedly going to be some times where you're thinking about quitting. Um, and to me, I mean, I think it's, you know, we listen, I listen to one of podcast, my favorite podcasts actually is uh, how I built this. It's relatively, I'm sure any entrepreneur has probably heard it in some capacity, but he always asks that question at the end is like how much luck and how much skill and to me, I think that it's just for, at least in my, my world of entrepreneur, it's, it's just perseverance. And to me, I don't, I don't think that's either luck or skill in a lot of ways. It's, there's some aspects to that, but you just, I think the companies that exist and the companies that make it, 
is are the ones that just kind of fight through and push through those battles and find a way to to evolve and, and make it happen because um there is a lot of that and i'm still in the middle of that fight right so yeah yeah been there been knocked down a few times in uh companies that i've uh, started or helped start uh it reminds me of a conversation uh you talking about perseverance uh, reminds me of a, con- a conversation I had the other day with a, an aspiring entrepreneur who's trying to figure out what really, what direction to take her business. And somebody directly questioned her passion around a part of her business. And it caused her to pivot, thank goodness, because she realized she wasn't passionate about that direction. Uh, and she was able then to take her passion for art and layer it into the business and I'll be interested to see uh, where it goes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you won't get the perseverance if you don't have passion. That's my answer for entrepreneurs out there. So uh, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. Perseverance every day of the week. Um, what should, well, if somebody uh, wanted to reach out to you or learn more about 37 North before I forget, how would they do that? Well, we're a small business. You can reach out a million ways and you always get me, right? Is that the, that's the right entrepreneur ad. Um, our website is is very strong presence. And, and that's something that we've had a passion since the very beginning is that to convince Midwesterners to get in the 15-passenger van and go out into the woods with us, you got to have an incredible presence of, of professionalism. And not only that, but like really, really tell everybody what they're getting into. And so that translate way past just the data of the trail, right? That translates into, um, we, we field calls all the time with people just asking questions. And so long story, long answer to that, our website and then our Facebook, um, our Facebook has a lot of really good following and we, we constantly are updating that thing. But so website, Facebook, uh, my email address, you can always email me at explore at 37 North expeditions.com or, phone number, give us a call anytime is there on the website and, and we'll answer any questions. We do a lot of that. Even if you're just looking to, for a DIY experience, we'd love to help you find a way to get outside. Great. So what's next for 37 North? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I alluded to that a little bit. I mean, we're already kind of doing some of that, but I, I think to me, my biggest focus on this company is that, I mean, Four years ago, again, it's it's unbelievable how different this world, this this region looks in four years when it comes to this. I mean, I was having conversations with groups about what is a per, what is a permit to get out into these public lands. I mean, literally, like kind of spearheading that those efforts. There was no thoughts of I was having to educate people what a guiding service was, and now we're at okay, that's very common knowledge, and that that's an understandable type of uh, that's there's, there's there's different options in that, but. Really, for us, the biggest focus now is I think we've done an amazing job that we are known as something to look at for a calendar to do something for fun, right? Something to do in a social manner with friends, with family, whatever that looks like. But now we're hyper-focused on how do we use the outdoors, as I said earlier a little bit, how do we use the outdoors for a much deeper meaning, right? How do we use the outdoors to combat these societal issues, to combat unbelievable problems of depression and anxiety and, and, and loneliness and then physical, uh, you know, connection to the dependency on technology and the list goes on and on and on. But how do we really use the outdoors and to get into that kind of stuff? You know, we're starting to brink into that. Like I said, the corporate aspect of our company is just growing exponentially. And we're so incredibly excited about that and really create partnerships with big organizations. The youth programming is, is help finding 
healthy ways that are way more connection focused versus just recreation focused. And by that, if I go on a tangent here a little bit, this idea of, to me, the missing part of, of youth programming for so long is just about teach your kid how to fish, teach your kid how to kayak, teach your kid how to, you know, blah, blah, and the list goes on how to bike. And for us, we are like, teach your kid how to love the outdoors, teach your kid how to, to feel comfortable in the outdoors and slow down and calm and be. So we, we lead with connection to self, connection to others and connection to nature. And then after that, byproducts that you're going to learn how to fish. You're going to learn how to recreate. You're going to learn how to kayak, right? You're going to learn how to bike. Those are things that are, we are going to be doing. But, um, and then again, another, another concept of, of just this deeper use of the outdoors is, is, um, it's just these big societal issues I talked about. And we're just incredibly excited about where that's headed with our, with our company. Um, you know, things like memberships so that we, you can use us instead of maybe the gym's not your thing. Maybe the yoga studio is not really where, where you find your ability to get a workout in. And so, um, running groups or bike groups aren't your thing. And so again, just always finding ways to, to greater connect with our clientele and, and help people get outside more often. And then even more importantly, in a way is, is to really solve these mental and physical problems that we are having as a society and trying to, to play a role in that world. Yeah. I love it. I mean, this is how you really change people's lives and change the world. Can't yeah. really get much better than that. Yeah. Um, what should I have asked you that I didn't? Oh man. Um, that's really turning the question on literally on, on his head. Huh? Um, I can't, a lot of people ask me, what does 37 North mean? It's the, it's the latitude of, of the Ozarks. It's kind of that center from, from the North to the South of what's considered the Ozarks region. And it's at 37 North latitude. Um, I think that's one thing. And then, um, because another question I, I get quite a bit is, is just, we didn't really talk about our team at all. And I mean, oh, yeah. so it's, it's incredible when I started this organization and my wife and I started it four years ago now. I mean, we were doing everything, right? We, you know, uh, putting things on the website to creating the branding, to fielding the calls, to leading every single trip. If you came on a trip the first six months, it was with me. I promise there was, there was not anybody else, but I don't even lead a whole lot anymore, um, which is awesome because honestly, I got about 10 people that work for us that are guide for us that I would put on trips before myself. And that that's, so in my mind, what I always say is the diversity is not just in the place you go when you come on a trip with us, is that it's the person that's actually kind of leading you on that experience, right? Leading you through that day. And we got about 44 guides that work with us right now in some capacity. We have youth, we have about four people that work full-time for us in some capacity that anything from marketing to youth program developer to managers. And, um, and so that's just... I never imagined starting this company. It was only focused on client. But now all of a sudden, I mean, we got 44 people that are walking around our community. They're wilderness first aid certified because of us, right? And that have leave no trace certifications because, because they've worked or work for us, right? And so that's, you know, being able to, four years ago, if you're like, I could make some extra cash on the weekends by leading some people into the outdoors and doing the stuff I love that wouldn't have been a thing here. And so I'm, I'm very, very happy with our role in, in not only offering things for clients, but also for, for community members in that aspect too, to showcase what they do great and what they love and their passions. And um, yeah, so I think that's the, the team and the, the, where we've grown outside of just for clients is, is a pretty cool, 
aspect to the organization. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Okay. I'm going to throw one at you straight out of left field, unrelated to any of this. Um, And you've probably heard this question before, but maybe not with a twist on the end of it. If you had, if you could pick a superpower, but you had to have a limitation to the superpower, what would it be? And here's an example. My superpower would be that if I was watching a football game, I could pick up my remote and press a button and it would transport me into the football game. But my limitation, and thank goodness I could live with it, would be it would only be Arkansas Razorback football games. (laughs) What would yours be? Oh, man. Um, Well, I don't like limitations. Limitations are not real, right? Are they? Right. Um, I think I, I am just, I'm addicted to traveling. I've, I've loved it. It's just everything that moves me. I've, I've, I think before this whole concept of like, uh, you know, you know, the, uh, the, this, the service economy and this, this, that kind of concept of, Hey, but millennials don't really care about goods anymore. They just care about experiences. Um, I've, I've been like that for a long time. So I think I'd probably be able to just teleport myself anywhere immediately. And, and I guess if I had to have a limitation, I would, I would be okay with if it couldn't go outside the United States. There's a lot to see here that I haven't got to quite see yet. Even though I have been to 49 and 50 states, I've, I've prided myself on being able to see a lot of places, but I guess it would be okay if it was only within the U.S. Yeah. Not a terrible limitation. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. Um, so thank you to our viewers. I hope you'll come back. Enjoy this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with uh, Danny as much as I did. Hope you'll come back and learn more about the businesses here in Bentonville and our people and about Bentonville, a place where you can get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Come back next week. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon podcast. We hope to see you next week.